Welcome back to Garage Talk. As always, I'm Conrad. Let's go. I'm Ted. It's time to rock and roll. Hey, Ted. Today, we're back in the garage. Yeah. We're back in the garage from the brewery. This was a good time. It was a fantastic time. And now, we have Chase Watt. He was a former JUCO baseball standout and currently new father. That's right. Outdoorsman. Outdoorsman. (laughs) What else are you? Uh, uh, buy tax documents and entrepreneur. Uh, there you go. Love it. Yeah, Love it. So it's kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Got my hands in a lot of different pots uh, today, so, but it all started with baseball. All right. Well, give us some background. Where you grew up, your family. Uh, yeah, so I was born and raised in a, a town, uh, Raymore, Missouri. Um, population probably about 10,000 at the time coming up, growing up. Um, and then obviously fell in love with sports. Um, Played three sports growing up, um, hockey, baseball, and soccer. Played some basketball. Um, obviously, I basketball and hockey kind of came in the same mm-hmm. time frame. So hockey? Yeah, so I didn't make it to many basketball games, so they kind of kicked me off that team, and so <laughs> I, I stuck with hockey. Um, hockey was a, was a staple in our family. My dad kind of got us into it by playing in a men's league, and um, my older brother played it, and, I mean, we had a – little ice rink probably about as big as this garage in our basement that was synthetic ice and wow um so i mean we took hockey very serious traveled all over the country playing it been to canada for trips anyways so i'm obviously a smaller guy um i was 145 pounds coming out of high school and so my freshman year of high school hockey kind of hockey was my love played baseball too but hockey was my love and um i wasn't big enough to continue playing hockey I mean, I, I could fight, but I got my rear end kicked more than I won, and I was smaller than everybody. Yeah. And so that's when kind of baseball became, took over my whole life, essentially. Um, everything kind of turned to baseball. And so when I quit playing hockey, I walked into the cage for the first time my freshman year, going into my freshman year of high school. And the guy giving lessons said, swing left-handed. I was right-handed, through right-handed, middle infielder. Swung left-handed, he goes, you're going to be a switch hitter. you got the time now. And I swept from that day forward. It sucked. I struck out, I think, 85 times that summer. And at that point, you're going into high school. Everybody's kind of, you know, finding where they roll out, and whether it's the pecking order, schools, whatever, and you're struggling, right? You know, you used to all natural, and now you're doing this. So that was my venture that went from three-sport athlete to, okay, now it's just baseball. Uh-huh. Okay. And so, so that, that kind of was a childhood in a, in a yeah. short form. So before then, did you play baseball for, like, your youth league? Oh, yeah. And- yep. So I played I played baseball all summer. Um, it just – and it wasn't the lessons and all that stuff. Yeah, I took some fielding lessons and stuff like that. But baseball and soccer and hockey, they, it was at that stage what I call the talent stage. Okay? A talented athlete can play those sports at that level. Yeah. Then you get to a point that I would say is probably about 7th, 8th grade high school is, okay, 
to be a multi-sport, all district, whatever, to be a multi-sport varsity player, you've got to be a dude or a, a woman that's a stud, right? Yeah, you know, you, mm-hmm. you got to be a stud, yeah. and that's all there is to it at every sport. And your talent cuts off at some point. So where are you going to put? Where are you going to put your eggs to add in the end goal? Pay for school, mm-hmm. which will essentially set you up for the rest of your life, right? Yeah, yeah. So then it turned to base. It turned to baseball full time. But I played growing up. I'm in travel league all through the summer, you know. Um, and then the winter, baseball kind of cut off. Played hockey or soccer in the fall, and then hockey through the winter. Then kicked back up with baseball in the spring through the summer. So, so in in order, what would you say? So was baseball. Two, you know, number two. Number two, so. It, hockey was number one until really? I was about 14. Wow. Hockey was number one. Um, there's something about the game, fast pace. Um, like even today, I'd rather watch hockey on TV or softball before I'll turn on Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Was you hoping Las Vegas would? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, hockey. Uh, my significant other, Taylor Fields, actually how I know yeah. Conrad, yeah. right? Um, yes. Is how I kind of got linked up in, in these parts in Indiana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jonesboro, Indiana, right? Or yep. Gas City, right? Uh, yep. And she could not stand hockey. She was like, "We need there needs to be a shadow around the puck on TV. So she hated the playoffs. <laughs> but um, college baseball, we watch a lot of college sports, but yeah. hockey was number one. And then baseball kind of turned to that. I knew I had a better chance. Same thing with soccer. I played soccer through high school, but I knew I had a better chance to have more school paid for and have a better opportunity to succeed playing baseball and okay. than, than another sport. So. so going through high school, what was your senior year like? What would that look so, like from? So I from, went to Rockhurst High School, which would would compare to like uh, it's a it's a Jesuit high school. Um, Rockhurst University is a Jesuit university, so um, it's like a uh, brother uh, or built uh, funnel school to colleges from a okay. Jesuit side. So like Loyola, Chicago, um, DeSmet in St. Louis, SLU, CBC. So it was an all-guys high school. We had two sister schools on campus. We had no classes with females, and we won 77 state championships in 100 years. Shoot. In football, 6A football. Um, baseball, there was my freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, all four years. All nine starters went and played in college somewhere, whether it was a small school or a big school. Never won a state title in baseball. My senior year, all nine players were either going to play Division One baseball or going to be a Division One baseball player or get drafted out of JUCO. And the only reason there were kids that went JUCO was the five opportunities to get drafted rather than the three. Because coming out of high school, you can get drafted as a senior. Right. JUCO, or then you can't get drafted until you're a junior or a senior. So you got three chances to get drafted. Tommy White's a great example of it right now. he go to JUCO, he'd be getting paid right now. He could tear his ACL next year, blow his arm up, done. You know, is it, so take the money and, and go with it. Where JUCO, you get out of high school. After freshman year, after sophomore year, okay, do I want to go D1 or do I want to go Try play in the league? Yeah. Then after junior year when you get to the D1, then after your senior year. So no one wants to get drafted after a senior year because you have no skin in the game. You, they either say you go work 
or you come play. Uh-huh. So your draft stock drops tremendously. When juniors do not go and go as seniors, more than likely that money drops. Huh. Interesting. Yep. So, yeah. so junior goes, right, say they're going to sign for twenty grand. By the time that's a senior, that same pro team might draft him at the same sign, but you're going to sign for five grand. Because uh-huh. why do I need to give you another fifteen? Right. You know. Yeah. Hey. So, what was what was your path? You you, so, you did decide to go JUCO. Yes. Yeah, so so through high school, yeah. So I kind of cut that off. So very talented high school. So I didn't play varsity baseball until my junior year. Um, my so- I was on the team. I dressed out, but I did not play a single inning until my junior year um, of varsity baseball. Uh, I played varsity soccer. Probably could have played varsity hockey, but you know we had talked. Baseball was the path as freshman year. Um, junior year comes around, and I start. Me and the shortstop start. I start and play second. Our shortstop was a good friend of mine. Grew up playing with him our, our whole life. He was 25th round draft pick out of high school. Went to Austin P. Had some injury battles, whatever. Got drafted again. Went and played for a little bit. Doesn't play anymore. But very good player. So I played second. I didn't play shortstop from little league until college. Played second through, I'd say, your adolescent years. You're 15 to 18. Yeah. You know, arm wasn't really developed. That type of deal. Um, so I had a lot of D2 looks, a lot of D2 looks, and some big-time D2s. Um, and I wasn't going to – I knew if I went to a D2, there wasn't a transfer portal. You know, this is 2013. There wasn't a transfer portal. If I went D2 and transferred, I had to sit out of here. If I didn't like it, if the coach left, if I didn't play, if they brought in a dude from Puerto Rico or Venezuela, you know, like you don't know that stuff. And so that was my biggest thing of – trying to make a decision of where to go play you didn't want to be a number but you weren't going to go for free so what are we going to do here right so I had a camp I used to go to every year for all four years through high school uh, was the OU baseball camp and uh, at OU you go you stay in the dorms five days they'd have enough kids to split up four different teams they'd have their coaches or players you know grad assistants stuff like that or players as a summer job as your mentor you know curfew the whole nine kind of like you're in college for that week you eat at the cafeteria but you play two games a day and it's a world series style deal awesome okay oh you love me love me since my freshman year and it came down to that point like hey you guys haven't put an offer on the table i've been here for junior day I came in here for junior day. You only brought a select number of people from the country for junior day. This before you could commit before you were a, a junior. You, could not com- you couldn't commit as a freshman when I was a freshman right, in high right. school. You couldn't. It was illegal. Done. And you could not sign until you were a senior. And that's just that's, that's what it was. Um, anyways, uh, so I didn't have anywhere to go. I said, what are some JUCOs? They connected me with Murray State Junior College in Tishomingo, Oklahoma. Okay? So this is, this is January of 2013, my senior year. I still don't know where I'm going to go and play. And I've been playing showcase baseball for the last four years in front of a lot of college coaches. Have the letters, but there's no, there's no money on the table. The big-time JUCOs aren't calling me. The D2s are calling me. The NAIs are calling me. The D1s say get bigger. 
we got a pre- preferred walk-on spot, but I'm not going to do that, right? So I go down to Murray State, and they're in their spring season. They start playing early. It's right on the border, um, population of 600 people. Tishomingo, Oklahoma, Miranda Lambert, and Blake Shelton lived there when they were married. Um, and I, I do like Miranda Lambert. Yes, yeah. She, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> um, so I go down there and show up, and once again, this is the spring. So they're getting ready to play. The coach doesn't know me from Adam. I don't know anybody. The coach from OU said, hey, I got a guy. think he might fit in. Okay. Sounds good. And this is the beginning of their season, so we don't know nothing either, right? Go down there, go on a visit, and he goes, all right, take two rounds of BP from each side of the plate, and we'll hit you some ground balls in between our BP, and, and we'll go from there. Okay. We just drove seven hours, right? Take two rounds of BP, take 15 ground balls. He goes, all right, sounds good. What do you mean? What what sounds good? Like, yeah, it, I'll offer you. you know, full ride. You, you come here. I said, what? He goes, yeah, but full ride, we're talking seven grand. I said, oh, yeah, we're, we're in Poto, southern Oklahoma, and it's hotter than piss, and it's February 4th. You know, great. This is going to be awesome. Okay. Yeah. So this is the only JUCO offer on the table. Okay. And there's other big-time JUCOs in Murray State. Hadn't won more than 50 games in their history, and this coach just got there two years ago, and they broke their winning record of 15 games the year before. So it's like, okay, but OU speaking very highly of this coach. This coach was born and raised there, went from the high school, and then went to this college that he actually played at as a JUCO. And turned – I mean, the field – you'd pull up to the field. We had a full locker room. You walk out onto the field. I mean, the field, you would have never thought you were at a Juco. Nice. Oh, like, dude. Super nice. I'll, I will take ground balls over that Bermuda grass in southern Oklahoma that's cut the way it is before I'll take it on turf any day of the week. Wow. Any day of the week because it's not bouncy. Uh-huh. It's like playing golf on Bermuda. Huh. You, yeah, you lose a little bit on your roll, but it's not bouncy. So it's, everything is so true. And we didn't have any dirt. So the whole infield was grass, except for around the bases. Huh. And diving on it, no turf burn. <laughs> yeah, you itch a little bit, but you got ticks and mosquitoes out in the woods. So it's, it's, it ain't nothing. You have a high percentage of getting hurt on turf with non-contact yeah. yep. injuries. Yep. Mm-hmm. And non-contact. So, yep. And so with the grass infield, we were molded, so we didn't tear it up. You know, But then by the end of the – Season, yes, where I stood at shortstop was a dead spot for mm-hmm. my spikes, you know, because right. we, we played more days because of the rain. We don't have dirt mm-hmm. except around the bases yep. and the mound. You can cover those. Right. So, anyways, go down there, offers on the table, come back home, don't have anything JUCO-wise. I'm like, let's do it. I'm tired. I'm tired of being a free agent. You know, right. I'm, I'm tired of not knowing. Uh-huh. You know, I'm going into my senior year of high school. Um Let's figure out what's going on, okay? So, I commit. Then I sign. In my senior year of high school, I get in a little bit of trouble. And I lose my starting spot before the start of the season. So, we started on spring break. Do you want to share? Yeah, I can. I can go into detail on it. So, I was... I have three brothers. Uh, my older brother's a little crazy. We're, we're toned down now, but we like to have fun. And <laughs> I lived in a small town and drove to Kansas City 45 minutes to go to Rockers. It was a private school, right? Once, I, once again, I said all guys. So you put a lot of testosterone together, some 
borderline dumb stuff happens. And spring break, we opened up the weekend after our spring break. We went to Lawrence, Kansas. The University of Kansas is there. And they, they, were, they were notorious from kids graduating from Rockers, going to KU and being part of the fraternities who then would in turn run the bars. So we'd get in. So we went up to Lawrence and... Uh, underage. Underage. So I was, I was 18 because I, was, I have a July birthday. My parents sent me to kindergarten at 6 instead of 5. Also to help with sports, maybe thinking that maybe I developed earlier, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and so we go there, and we're in a line, probably ten of us. And the guy's like, "Yeah, no problem. He's an, he's another senior buddy of mine." He goes, "Yeah, you don't need an ID." And I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, sounds good." And we get in line. First guy hands the door guy the ID, and he goes, "Yep, sounds good. Can you take your hat off? Yep, okay." And he hands it over his shoulder to the next guy, and I'm like. This don't seem right, but, you know, and I wasn't a big drinker in high school. And so this is kind of like first time, all right, away from home, I'll spread my wings, let's fly, yeah. you know? Okay. So that's, I'm probably the eighth person of ten. So that happens all the way back. You know, once again, this is 2013. That stuff doesn't happen these days. Hands the ID all the way back. The same person used the same ID. <laughs> so it gets to Sounds me. Sounds like high school thinking. So it gets to <laughs> yeah. me. And I hand a guy the same ID that the first eight people did, and he goes, all right, can you take your hat off? I said, yep. He goes, all right, good to go. And so at this point, I'm like, Something, there's no way in hell that this is going to work. Like, there's no way. Everybody gets in. We go in, we're drinking, having a great old time. It just so happened an hour later that they had not an undercover, what are they? Uh, Excise. Yeah. I go up to the bar with this order the 10th drink I've had no problem I grab it take a sip somebody grabs me from the arm and goes can I see your ID I go yeah go to pull out my ID and I'm like I don't have it put it back in my pocket he goes I just seen it let me see your ID I was like okay and I go to turn around to walk away and he's like no 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 no." and then he flips the badge or whatever he flashes the badge and I'm like this isn't good (laughs) this isn't good and Got an MIP. Just like that. Just lost, like that. Lost yeah. your starting spot. Well, so I was I was one of four that got MIPs. Mm-hmm. The other three didn't play, and we're just going to school to be a part of fraternity anyways. Which not saying they weren't good. They just they didn't. Baseball wasn't where baseball was for me. Right. You know. Um, and I had had some history. I used to dip, and at that time, the coach would get thrown out if a player had dipped. And same thing in college. So if you got caught with dip and the coach got thrown out, you got in trouble. Now, that never happened to me, but our coach was very strict about us dipping. And so there were a couple times, you know, I had to run because he caught me with dip. Um, And so I wasn't on thin ice, but that was the straw. So they started junior over me who actually ended up winning and playing pro ball. Went to Wichita State. Good ball player. And I still hunt with the guy to this day. Wow. Still a good friend of mine. Started him over me, but our shortstop also pitched the 25th round draft pick that I grew up with that I played, and that's why I played second. And he was one of our good pitchers. So I played two games my senior year. I even played another game. Played two games my senior year. Wow. The district championship and the sectional championship <laughs> at shortstop. Two games my senior year. And went six for six. <laughs> with three bunts for hits between those two games. So that was me at that time. I didn't hit for power. I mean, look at me, yeah. right? 
I put weight on in college for Small some ball. for some other different reasons. But uh-huh. the reason I went to go play college baseball was the way I played the game. I played the game like I was six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds. Uh-huh. And everyone that's listening to this that is a smaller guy, that's how you've got to play the game of baseball. That's how you got to play. That's how you got to live your life uh-huh. and everything. You know, it's there's a difference between cocky and confidence. Right. Yeah. So look at Jose Altuve. How exactly. That's a small guy. Man. Yeah. And it's not appropriate for this podcast but in juco juco was different but the, we we had a term that we would say is basically like you you are the biggest man on the field you know uh-huh. you've got to have that mindset right even though this guy's throwing 97 uh-huh. on your hands yeah yeah i've never seen 97 either but we but all got to go get in that box uh-huh. let's go do something with it right yeah and if you think you're gonna strike out you're gonna strike out yeah exactly <laughs> you're right being in the box is the mental game i believe the whole game the whole game is mental. Yep. I think baseball, yeah. More. Yeah, more uh, than which, You know, I call it the game of mistakes. Oh, You're fa- going to yeah. make mistakes. Failure. That's why yeah. there's yep. errors. Yep. That's why there's it. So, uh, my daughter graduated this year. Mm-hmm. She's a senior. So, well, was a senior. Uh, her, her last year playing softball, uh, I said it so many times that, her teammates would like kind of tease her about it. I would tell her to get in the box and get uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, you do better. Yep. You get you 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 get complacent. Yep. Think it. You know. Mm-hmm. Get uncomfortable. Expect yep. the unexpected. Exactly. Level up. Yep. And uh, I would say, all right, Savannah, let's get uncomfortable, kid. Yep. I I by the end of <laughs> end of the season. I didn't have to say it because other kids were saying, Savannah, get uncomfortable. Yeah, joking around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dee would be like, I told you that was some corny stuff to say. But, you know. But I, she knew. She ooh. knew what you meant, and she and it worked, right? Ooh. Yeah, because. I mean, mine was, so, you know, you Juco, you get to Juco, and, yes, we were small Juco, but we had five jerseys. We had a locker room. I mean, all of our all of the money, we did fundraising. Each player raised had to raise $7,500 wow. or they didn't get a jersey, period. So you could either sell ads in the program. Mm-hmm. You could sell ads for the uh, fence, mm-hmm. you know, like banners. Yep. So, or a lot of those kids are from Texas and Oklahoma. So you got to think, too, I'm coming from Raymore, Missouri. Yeah. Playing with Texas and Oklahoma kids who have played more baseball games in their childhood than I've even – I've had more games rained out. But, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, no, it was – anyways – and so they know people around there. Uh-huh. So I was like, man, how am I going to raise this money? But that's what you, when you raise that money and you turn that in of, okay, I sold this banner, I sold this, I sold this, blah, blah, blah. They hand you a number. Before that, when you, when we got there in the fall, so that's another good story. We need to pick up, remind me of that. Because yeah. starting from when I show up at that Podoke town, Tishomingo, Oklahoma, to when I leave is light switch. Really? Difference. Yes. And I, and I think growth and everything else but um we would raise that money and you'd have a polyester gildan shirt for the fall pair of shorts and you brought your own pants and your own cleats your own glove your own bat everything in the fall and then they'd make you know whoever made the team you'd raise that money you know and there got to be points there were cuts obviously there were times we got in trouble and every single all 56 of us so they're only going to carry 28 all 56 of us or seated on the foul lines, and the coach walked through. Yeah, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't need you. Hey, what'd you do for me this week? 
uh, uh, yep, I don't need you either. And it's like, what? And that's kind of what's different today is today, some, Tommy's going to go home. He cut me because he said, you know, I didn't, I wasn't a big enough man, you know, or whatever, right. you know. And, and that's the JUCO way. And that's how the Ju- JUCO's been. I think it's a little softer, but I still think you find that. Yeah. You know, but you had to earn everything, everything. So, um, such is life. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that kind of pushed me, and I failed to mention this earlier, to go to Murray State is Zach Crabtree, the head coach of Southeastern University now in Duran, Oklahoma, his hometown. Um, big, big time D2 school. Um, said to me, he goes, I'm not only, Murray State's not only going to make you a better baseball player, but everybody, most people are going to be a father and a husband. Mm-hmm. And what I will do by the time you leave here in two years, you will be a better father and a better husband because of you coming here. And that, and that there, I mean, I've got chills right now thinking of it because now I am a father. I'm not a husband yet, um, but I am a father. And that I, every day, if that doesn't run through my mind once a day, I mean, it, I'm asleep all day or something. You know what I'm I mean, that yeah. right there stuck from the time I've stepped foot on campus until I left, and that's so true. And that, so that that's a person that made a difference in your life because he left that impression with uh-huh. you that will remain with you forever. A hundred percent. And that's that's what coaches should be doing. Yeah, yeah. And to put a little bit of background on that, and if you want me to, Conrad, I don't know if you had another question you wanted. No, to No, go ahead. But diving into basically when I stepped foot on. So Zach Crabtree once again. I got two rounds of BP, one from the left side, one from the right side. And 15, 20 ground balls, right? At shortstop and threw them across the diamond. And so he is really, and I think if he was sitting right here, he'd agree. He's doing that coach that called him and said, hey, will you look at this player? He's doing him a favor. And that coach at the time was at Oklahoma Christian University. So everything comes full circle here. His name's Russell Raley. If he was sitting right here, him and I'd be fighting. I wouldn't be talking. (laughs) So this guy's, I met him through that Oklahoma baseball camp, right? So my senior year, he was at Oklahoma Christian. He was coming to watch me play in Joplin, Missouri. Oklahoma Christian, went to a Jesuit school. I was going to get some savings, going to a Catholic private college. And then they could, I would get more money because they couldn't give me that much baseball money, right? And he doesn't show up to watch me play. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? Took a job at Texas Tech. And that's one of the D1s that I talked about that he said, well, I've got a walk-on you know, right. spot. I was like, no, no. Okay, so that's – then I go to Murray with Zach Crabtree. Okay, so Russell Rayleigh calls Zach Crabtree and says, hey, this guy will develop in two years. I want him to play JUCO, and I'm going to take him wherever I'm at when I get there. So he goes from Texas Tech my freshman year, and he's at Texas Tech. So, okay, little backstory. That's Russell Rayleigh. So, Crabtree, I'm coming in, and it's like, okay, this guy's 145 pounds. He doesn't hit home runs. Yes, our field's 301 to right and 306 to left in the corners and 440 to dead center. And all the softball apartments are right there in right field. So, yes, there's good-looking women up there, so we all try and pull it, right? Um, And so, the shortstop that is – let me pause real quick. Murray State, remember I took a visit in the spring? Yeah. They went on to win the national championship and beat LSU Eunice in 2013. 
So that is, they had never won more than 15 games. Mm-hmm. They went on and went 50, 51 and 3, 50, 51 and, anyways, unbelievable team, right? They brought a bunch of kids in, transfers from D1s and stuff like that. But they that 2013, when I was still in high school, went on to win the, win the national championship. So they graduated seven, seven returning position players were coming back. Only two open spots were first base and shortstop. And the three of the five top pitchers were coming back. So that's a returning national championship right. team. So you can understand where you're – I don't care what the school is paying you. Uh-huh. This team and those guys that are just here just made that school and more money and put them on the map for recruiting and everything else. So that was my senior in high school. So I get down there. I know that there's another freshman shortstop coming in and a freshman first baseman. The second baseman was an All-American. He moves over to play shortstop. So I go to second. So I'm playing second. As I said earlier, you know I had some issues with getting in trouble in high school. We were having fun. Um, And in JUCO, first day we showed up, we all, you know, met everybody, got moved into your dorms. If you're on scholarship, you had your own room, and you're on the third floor. If you weren't, you were up, you know, so they – not it wasn't, like, demoralizing, but there wasn't that equal aspect. Walk-on players carried their – they didn't have a locker. They carried their luggage and their bags back and forth from the dorms. Scholarship players had a locker. I mean, it was yeah. – you knew where you yeah. stood when right. you showed up uh-huh. before anybody had even touched a baseball. Okay, so we had this term. It was close the yearbook. I feel like that's already a mental. Right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it gets better. Okay, so this is in 2013, fall of 2013. Yeah. We show up. We don't start school until into August, probably August 24th. We were had to be on campus by August 1st. Middle of, you know, beginning of August. It's hot here in Indiana and in Missouri. Imagine what it is. It's a dry heat, but I don't care what anybody says about dry heat, heat and humidity. The oven's a dry heat, and it's still 400 degrees. Yeah. 400 degrees is 400 degrees, uh-huh. whichever way you look at it. <laughs> That's a good perspective. It's yeah. still 400 yeah. degrees. Yeah. And anyways, so it's hot. We show up, and, you know, everybody gets to know each other. They got cages down there. You know, everybody's going down there hitting. You know, you're starting to kind of see, okay, what position you play? Yeah, I'm a shortstop. Yeah, I was all district. Yeah, I was all this. Yeah, yeah I was going to go to OU. Yeah, I went to OU and got a DUI, and so now I'm here. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'm. Uh, lived in New York for two years, don't speak any English, you know, from Puerto Rico. You know, I mean, just every dynamic you can think of. And so it's like drinking through from a fire hose and meeting people and finding your place, right? So you either find your place by they knowing you, the coaches knowing you, and talk to the returners saying, hey, put this guy under your arm because we got to have a starting shortstop. So that's what they did with the other shortstop that came in, the, the pitching coach knew his dad out of Washington. And this kid, when you talk about the game being mental, this is probably one of the most talented kids I've ever played baseball with. Switch hitter. He was bigger than me, threw harder than me, had a better arm than me, everything. The only thing I had better than him was the baseball mind, the vocal, being vocal, taking control, and the mental aspect of the game. I could strike out, and I could throw my helmet and break both of your pieces off, and I put that ball cap on, now we're playing defense, and vice versa. He couldn't. So 
Moved through the fall mm-hmm. in JUCO. I don't know if anybody knows. Probably some listeners might. Probably you guys do know, do too. There's no there's no practice laws in JUCO. You better hope what JUCO you go to does not have lights. That's all there is to it. Or you will. You if you do not love the game of baseball, do not go to a junior college because or go to a junior college close to home because you're going to have a short drive back. Right. Because you're going to find out whether you love it or not real quick. And. So we showed up, you know, getting to know everybody, show us our lockers, whatever, first day of practice, okay? School hadn't started. First day of practice is conditioning at 5 a.m., okay? So everybody's, you know, putting on their new running shoes that mom and dad bought them, just like going back to school, you know, when you're in elementary school. Got new shoes, you know, whatever, putting on your stuff, and we had people that would wear blue and red, right? So they'd split everybody up. That was first and second team, and that's how it went on a depth chart standpoint. If you weren't on first or second team, you didn't you didn't have a jersey, you didn't have nothing. You just wore white shirt, black shirt, Under Armour shorts, didn't matter. Asic, it, you didn't have nothing. You uh-huh. were so once again the mental aspect of them showing you're already here. So, and in life, that's how it is. Right. Not everybody starts on the same level. Uh-huh. No, and there's walk-ons that end up playing better than people that come on on full rides, and there's vice versa. You know, there's right. a reason they're walk. So. Do that. We don't touch a baseball for two and a half weeks. We run and run and lift and run and run and run some more. At two and a half weeks, me and my dad at the time, we were super close growing up, but me and my dad butted heads a lot through high school. And I'll get to a point when I talk about Bo because this day and age is people are so hesitant on telling their kids, hey, go hit. They want their kid to ask you to go hit, to go play catch. But there's so many distractions. Mm-hmm. A kid is not going to say, hey, Dad, let me go outside and sweat my ass off. Will you throw me BP in right. the summer? After he practices three times a week and goes and plays three days a weekend. Mm-hmm. He's not going to. Yep. So you've got to – it's just like a boss pushing you. If you don't have somebody telling you to get the document put in or whatnot, you might do it in five days. But if you've got somebody breathing down your neck, you might right. do it in one day. Right. So that – that is kind of the, and I kind of lost my train of thought there, but this, this, the staple of kind of how things have changed. So I called my dad. We didn't have a great relationship. We didn't talk a ton like we do now because he was that person. He'd tell me. I'd ask him, hey, can I go hang out with friends? And he'd say, how many buckets of balls did you hit today? Two. So you hit two left-handed, two right-handed? I said, no, I only hit two. He goes, go hit another one left-handed, another one right-handed, and you can go. And you better be home by midnight. All right, well, I'm going to be a little, no, you're not going to be a little late. You know, and it was, you're going to be a little bit late. Here's, give me your car keys. Give me your phone. I'll drive you to practice. I'll drive you to school. Listen. You know, and that was all the way up until 18. Even when I came home from college and stayed at their house on spring breaks and not spring breaks. I went somewhere on spring breaks. Obviously, I told that earlier. Um, Summers and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the same thing. You still got curfew, you know, but. So I called him. I said, Dad. He goes, how's everything going? I go, yeah, it's going good, going good. He goes, all right, how's, are you playing well? I said, I didn't know I went to run track. <laughs> I thought I went to play baseball. And he goes, are you serious? I go, yeah, I fucking hate it. And sorry, excuse me. No, my you're friend. fine. Go ahead. Go I go, ahead. yeah, I'm done. He goes, what do you mean done? I said, I'm over it. This is dumb. You know, like I did not come. I'm, I've been told from every school that's ever even looked at me or every coach that's ever watched me play the game, I need to gain weight. And here I am running 20 miles a week. Losing weight. <laughs> I ain't got to gain weight. So... Go through the fall. You play 18 innings. 
First team plays nine, second team plays nine. If you don't make it to that first or second team, you don't play. You sit there and you chase foul balls. You umpire because you have a home plate umpire, but then players are umpiring. You know, these are scrimmages. These aren't right. real games, but you're playing people you're going to play in the spring. So our schedule that fall was playing top ten. So there's Division One JUCOs and there's Division Two JUCOs. Right. Division Two JUCOs, it's just like 6A and 5A. It's based off population, how many kids they have in – from an academic side, so the size of school. So you could have, like, D2 JUCOs will compete hand-in-hand with Division One JUCOs. It's not like uh, Oklahoma Baptist, D2 playing LSU. Right. Yeah. It, so it, JUCO 1 has, like, 317 universities. JUCO 2 has 230, and 3 has 137. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's kind of – so that – but. The, the competition-wise, you're on the same level. Well, Murray just came off winning the national championship that just put them on the map. So everybody in the country wants to play us. Mm-hmm. So that fall, we're going and playing Connor State Junior College, who was ranked number two in the world or in the country at the time. Um, they lost it, so they go to Carl Junction, or no Junction City, Colorado, I think. Anyways. D1s go national tournaments in Colorado. D2s, it's in um, Oklahoma City. In, uh, Ed, not Edmond, now it's in um, Enid at a semi-pro yeah. field. But, so, you play them throughout the year, but we that whole fall, all we did was play D1 Jucos. Grayson Junior College, uh, Johnson County Junior College, who was 30 miles from my house, where I grew up. In Johnson County, the second richest county in the U.S., you know, big-time JUCO. But I, they never looked at me. They took everybody else in town that I played against. Never took me. Didn't, didn't give me a shot, right? And so we're playing all these big-time schools. So at that point, I'm not on the first team. I'm not on the second team. I'm on scholarship. Like, they're paying me. They're paying for my school for me to be there. And I'm shagging foul balls for 18 innings. This is dumb. So once again, I said, the D2 deal. I had some offers from some big-time Division II schools. One, it's two, two hours north of my house in St. Joe that's Mo West, Missouri Western, um, and they're MIAA D2 that's competing for a tournament spot in the World Series every year. Uh-huh. Just like University of Central Mer- uh, Missouri that's an hour from my house, right. right, that I had offers. So I got on my phone. I still have emails. I still have Bud, Buzz. Sorry, Buzz was the head coach's name. I still got his emails on my phone. From that summer, him talking about it, I said, no, I'm going to go to this juco. He goes, anything goes south, you give me a call. So I shoot him an email. I said, this is stupid. I'm done with it. I'm coming home. I'm transferring, and I'm playing for you in, in, the, in the spring. Do you have a spot for me? He goes, yep. I said, okay, let me talk to my coach, make sure that they're going to release me. Don't do anything. He sends a release letter to the school. So to, for my academics to be released to see where I'm at from a money standpoint so he can see what he can offer me in the fall coming right. in the spring. Because scholarships aren't a year. So when you leave a school, that school loses that whole scholarship for that year. Okay. It's not fall to fall. It's not semester. It's year. Uh-huh. So if you have a kid that's ineligible for the spring, you're out of that $32,000 that you just paid that kid that you can't grab that and say, okay, well, I'll go get Johnny Boy from LSU who just got a DUI. You know, or right. got in trouble, 
that throws 90s. You know, you can't do that unless you've got extra money, okay? The coach, Zach Crabtree, I'm at junior college. I never, I hadn't even told the coach, I hadn't even said nothing because I'm still waiting to see how things play out. I'm just feeling it. Comes up to me and goes, hey, I got, I was reached, or I got uh, a message, an email about asking for your release papers. You quitting? I said, well, I haven't really thought about it. He goes, sounds good. This is before practice one day. He goes, go ahead, pack your locker up, go back to the dorm. He didn't think about it for a week. I said, well, no, I want to play. He goes, if you just contact another coach, you obviously don't want to be here. Right. If you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. Mm-hmm. Get the F off my field. And don't call me. Don't text me. I'll contact you if I want you back. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm seven and a half hours away from home. And I might have just lost my scholarship to play baseball in college. Okay, so I go back to the dorm, and I go to class. They're this At this time, school started, you know. We're practicing and stuff, so go to class. So you go to class, and usually all classes are done by noon. And early infield started at 1, and practice started at 2, and we practiced until some went down. Some went down. We usually had weights in the evening, study hall two days a week, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I go to classes, not able to go to weights, not able to go to, you know, whatever. And I'll tell you what, it was like one of those come-to-Jesus meetings. Every day, waking up, looking in the mirrors. Is this where I want to be? Is this what I want to do with my life? You know, is this why? You know, why? And, and, and that's what kept coming back to me is why am I here? You know, like, yes, I made this. Nobody made this decision. But why am I here? You know, and you find out who you fit in and who you don't, you know, that type of deal. Everybody's there to win. Right. But they're also going to win a spot. Uh-huh. Then they're there to win as a team. Yes. In the fall, dude, it's knockdown dragon. I couldn't tell you how many brawls, not whole team against each other, but people have a disagreement. Somebody slides in hide. And it's, it's not a, dude, man, you slid in, you cleated me. No, it's no words. It's here. Put your teeth in this dirt right here because I'm going to beat your face through that base and you're going to learn to slide your cleats into it. Like it was dirt bag, knockdown, drag out. It was... Honestly, like longest yard of baseball is what Juco is. <laughs> Seriously, that's the best way I can put it. Gridiron game. Yeah. And it's, I mean, rough. Down, oh, Sounds rough. Oh, dude, I'm t- there is times that I have no idea how the kids that played in as much baseball as we played. So, including the 18 innings, I added it up, and it's roughly between 740, 750 college collegiate baseball games between my freshman year fall through summers too so we played 56 in the summer too through my senior year and I didn't redshirt and didn't I wasn't hurt a year I played 47 games was the least amount of games I played and that was my freshman year so we go through the fall it's knocked down drag out like that everybody's trying to find their place I'm going to speed it up because we want to get to the good stuff um so you don't have a time limit on this, no, dude. Good, because sure I don't have anywhere to be until seven a.m. in the morning. But, um, <laughs> so I'm at that place, right? You know, I'm like, I'm not starting. I'm not even number two. That kid from Washington, Hunter Hanson, once again, most athletic. I mean, this dude would field a ball and had the worst gloves. Like I was very, my glove went everywhere. Like people made fun of me in high school because, like, they would. 
if I left my glove behind, you know, I'd get pictures of people putting stuff in their in my glove, icy hot in the inside of my glove because I was like, I'll be honest, that was my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let you touch my girlfriend. Like she's mine. You know, like my fingers are narrower than yours. You know, I don't want the pinky hole stretched out so that when I go to lay out for a ball, I know dang good and well that it's gonna, you know, close. Right. You know, or fall off or whatever. So. He had the worst glove, but it was like you could have given him a frying pan. It was unreal. The softest hands, and it was just boom, out of the glove. But it wasn't like out of the glove. It was out of the glove, and it was a matter of seconds. Like on a rope? Like on a rope. Like from the hole. His transition? Dang. Everything. So And it was it was just, he would, but didn't say a word, did not command the infield. Definitely the most talented individual that I've ever stepped foot on the baseball field with, aside from Alex Bregman. Aside from Alex Bregman. And the reason I say that is Alex Bregman as a whole, not just because of where he's at, but as a whole, the way he looked at the game, is he played the game the same way every single time he stepped between those lines. Whether it was BP, whether it was the national championship, didn't matter. Played the game the same way. And anyways, so this kid, very, very good. So he's the starting shortstop. The All-American goes back to second. Okay? He's in front of me at second. And they do a depth chart of middle infielders. And they have me as the third middle infielder. So if Colt Pickens, who, mind you, this is a good story because this will come back. Colt Pickens is, let's just get past it right now. In JUCO, everybody takes something. And I'll tell you right now, every player I play with, not every player, I don't, want to, I don't want to say that. The majority of the players I played with at every level that I played took something. Whether it was creatine, whether it was testosterone, whether it was HGH, whatever it was, everybody took something. Whether it was Adderall, whether it was the, uh, not sniffing salts, what's the boxers do when they get knocked Smelling out? Salt. Smelling, Smelling salts. Smelling yeah. salts, yeah. yeah. People do that before at bats. People take straight... Before at bats? Oh, dude. You want to talk? Dude, like, you're talking. Juco, what it was like was like, you know how people say, like, play the game like it's your last day? You're playing, and there's 28, however many guys. There's two more teams cheering you on. Whether they're doing clipboards in the stands or not, you make a mistake, they're in there. So you've got to perform. It's not, job's mine. You know, I'm starter day one. No, you mess up. Yeah. And it doesn't matter coming off a national championship. Our left fielder was the left fielder from the national championship. Failed a drug test, lost a starting spot to a freshman. Never played another game. So that's how Zach Crabtree is. And that's what I respected so much is you knew where you stood, but it also it didn't matter if you were the ace pitcher. It didn't matter if you were the backup second baseman. Sounds like he was like Mrs. It, uh, uh, Miss Jackson. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and that's when I mentioned the sitting down on the lines. That's what he was at. Why should I keep you? People were like, well, you know, in high school, I hit 450. Everybody sitting here hit 450 in high school. <laughs> Everybody sitting here was their best player on their high school right, team. Or right. a good player in high school. That's why we're here. Okay? Uh-huh. Don't give me that. You know, and so, anyway, so it comes to the fall, end of the fall. We have Hell Week, and Hell Week is one week that is two-a-days, and it's 
obstacle courses, whether it's, I don't know if you guys, or if anybody knows what baseball suicides are. But baseball suicides are, you start on the left field foul pole, and you run to the right field foul pole. You don't have to sprint. You don't have to jog or nothing. But when you get there, you got to do five push-ups. Then you run back and you got to do five sit-ups. And then you got to go back and do ten push-ups. Then you got to come back and do ten sit-ups. And then 20. So you run a lot of poles, but we're talking like 155, 200 baseball suicides. Yeah. Not fun, right? No. And so some of that punishment, like if you got in trouble, and this goes to the spring, and I'll, I'll get into that, make sure you remind me to talk about rolling and baseball suicides before being able to play because we had fun. We're in JUCO. We have – School was the easiest. I, I mean, it was easier in elementary school. We took our finals on the bus. Like, it was easy, you know. You didn't hardly have to go. But you had random attendance checks. So if you weren't there, you, you had to run. Wow. So end of the fall rolls around. We have our exit meetings. Hell week goes through. And I was like, you know what? I know where I'm at on the depth chart. I see it every day. I know where I sit based on the coaches talking to you. You know where you are when you walk past the head coach and he don't say, hey, Chase, how's your day going? And Hunter Hansen, who's starting in front of you at shortstop, he says, hey, man, how's, how's, how's class today? Like, he don't give a shit about me. You know, I'm just, he, I'm just there. He's doing a buddy a favor, you know. And that Russell Rayleigh guy, right? So into the fall meetings, come in after hell week. So I know where I'm at and I just – I go balls to the wall hell week. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to show everything. You know? I mean, yeah, maybe I've been a little bit pouty. You know, maybe maybe I need to work hard. And that's exactly what it was. Is talked about it with hockey and three sports about the talent. I was at my talent peak. Now I needed to work. And where I needed to work was in the freaking weight room. Because my balls that are going 301, the kid I'm going up against is hitting them 341. So, you know, my balls, it's a single. His ball carries into the gap for a double. That's how you win championships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, defense wins championships. But you don't win a game if you don't score a run. Right. Period. Right. So, yes, him hitting a home run from the left side and then hitting a home run from the right side and me not even be able to get one out of the yard. Coaches see that. Uh And this is still 2013. Yes, we played small ball. We bunted for 30 minutes every practice. At the beginning of every practice, we bunted and base ran. That's what we did. But, anyways, he brings me in for the deal, and Zach Crabtree's a very, you see him smile. He doesn't smile for people that aren't his, the ace, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, he, he is a player's coach. Right. Because we'll talk about that about my sophomore year. But my freshman year, I was, he wanted me to know that he didn't think I was worth a damn. Uh-huh. And he goes, you're going to prove me. And that's all there is to it. You're going to prove me. Okay. So, come exit meeting. He said, "You're the third middle infielder." I said, "Okay." So Colt Pickens gets hurt or comes out. You play second. Hunter Hanson's not playing well. You're gonna play short. You're the third guy in. Okay. So like second string on both positions, right? So oh, I got a better chance of playing, right? Like okay, what do I got to be to start? He goes. You gotta get bigger. You've got to get bigger and stronger. Your hands, your attitude, everything, the way you play the game is awesome. You need about fifty pounds right on your ass cheeks. Fifty that's what you pounds? Need. Oh yeah. That's what, that's what he said. I said, 
I could pounds. do it in a weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me a second. No. Yeah. And so you're you're 19 years old at this point. So I still am 145 pounds, about six two, and so I still have a high metabolism. But so I go home for Christmas break, and that's I try and eat everything. Um, we reached out to a guy that was like a sports uh, nutritionist. Nutritionist having me drink protein shakes, this, that, yada, yada, yada. And, I mean, it is to the point that that's all I'm doing is working out. Girlfriend's pissed off that's still at home, you know, whatever. Um, but I'm like, I got to play. I got to play. I've never sat the bench in my life except for my senior year of high school, and I just did it for the last year. Uh-huh. I, I got to play or I'll never play this game again. And I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. I knew – if I did not play a season, whether it's red shirt or whatever, I would never play the game again. Right. I just knew it. There's other stuff. To, I'll go fish. I'll go do something, uh-huh. you know. I'll go work, you know, something. Um, so I come back 18 pounds, 22 pounds heavier. Show up January 12th. So we didn't start school until 19th or something. So we were seven days before. Another hell week, right? So I showed up about 18 Roughly 18, 20 pounds heavier. And a brick shit. I mean, I was the fastest I've ever been, strongest I've ever been. And we had that, you know, we had the hell week before, but we had a hell week coming back. Well, Hunter Hansen also I mentioned was a mental head case. I call them mental midgets. They're, I can swim in your head and I will beat you before I even throw a pitch. Uh-huh. I will beat you before you even step in the box. Those are the people that I love to play against. And that's who I'm competing against. Uh-huh. I knew that. He was engaged, and I knew he was softer and whatnot. So that hell week, that first week, I made dang sure that I ran in his line for suicides and everything every time. Every time, right next to him. Right next to him every time. I was going to beat him every single time. And if I beat him every single time, those coaches know that I want that job, And no matter what it is. And that goes for anything in life, too. You know, It's not just baseball, but that's what a game at that level teaches you, though, too, is – I'm going to beat that guy to be the CEO, whatever. So, and Hunter is sucking wind, and I'm, you can tell he probably played his guitar and headbanged the whole Christmas break, and I've worked my rear end off. We get a week away from, and so at this point, I'm still number two shortstop, still wearing the red jersey instead of blue jersey at practice. Still, still, we go in for in and out. I'm still number two, you know. I'm not, I don't have a starting role. So, get a week from the first game, and he releases a new depth chart with the potential, if we were to play today, what the starting lineup would be. And I'm in it. That nine hole playing shortstop. Once again, I played shortstop Little League, but I played second. Now, yes, I've played short at practice and everything, right. and, and I've developed now. I've got the arm. I mean, I would. The most I threw across the diamond was 92 mile an hour. So at this point, I'd say I'm probably 88 to 90. So ball's zipping. I've, I've got good hands. You know, everything's working. I use my feet more than other people do because I know that from my size, right? I need more, more oomph. Same thing hit. And I'm like pumped. Pumped. Okay, well, we had curfew every night. Second baseman, turning All-American, was going to go to OU got in trouble, switch hitter. He was still probably this day full-blown alcoholic. His parents gave him a credit card. His dad had oil money, and 
drank every single night and didn't drink every single night, got drunk every single night. But was an unbelievable freaking baseball player. He's one of those guys, if he had someone else's work ethic, he wouldn't be, I don't know, probably pushing a broom at a warehouse right now. I don't know what he's doing. But anyways, I'm stoked. Him and I are buddies, you know, because I never had somebody that was not a friend. Like, I never did not get along with my second baseman, Uh even when I was a kid. I never did not get along with the shortstop. Even in high school, and that shortstop is really, he's playing my position. Uh You know, like, what the heck, man? And I competed against you my whole life. Like, that's personal. You're taking my lunch money, Uh you know? And we go out and party. Colt, our starting pitcher was going to start. Me, our starting catcher, starting third baseman, and our starting first. So the whole infield and our starting pitcher. All were caught after curfew drinking. We were told we got we all got a text. Um, I was in the softball dorms just studying, but um, they were out drinking. Um, anyways, we all got a text said meet in the gym, and that's at one thirty in the morning. Curfew was eleven eleven thirty midnight something like that, and I ignored it. I'm like I ain't going. Chandler, the chick I was laying with, she goes, you better go. I said, I ain't going. I'll pretend like I'm asleep. Then I get a text, what? We just opened your door. Get your ass to the gym if you want to still have number 14 on your back. Oh, man. Aye, aye. So I show up to the gym. I'm like, surely, we're going to run. You know, ain't going to make me do it in Crocs. (laughs) I ran. From 2 o'clock in the morning until my class at 8 a.m. in Crocs. Oh, man. <laughs> on a gym floor. Crocs. Ooh. Like, them worried about, like, your starters nowadays don't play in scrimmages? Uh-huh. No. It's your starting shortstop running in Crocs with sweaty feet at 3 o'clock in the morning half drunk. Oh, my. You know? You gotta have blisters filled oh. with beer. Dude, it was bad. I mean, there's... There's more trash cans than there were lines you had to touch for the suicide, if that made sense, for all of us. And so, Colt was there, you know, the second base. I mean, our whole infield. So I'm like, well, there goes my starting spot. No, I still started. Come the first game. I went 0 for 3 with two strikeouts, no errors, had two ground balls hit to me. Next game, Hunter Hansen started. That was game two. We played a four-game series down in Texas. Game two, he went three for three. I didn't, I didn't go back in on the field for seven games. Yeah, seven games. Hanson went off. He played well. He was killing it. Played well. We go back home. I haven't played for seven games. I'm like, yep, I'm definitely transferring. I'm not, I can't play more than, uh, I can't have more than 14 at-bats because I'm not burning my freshman year. You know, I'm transferring. I'm going to go play somewhere, whatever. Still back on that same deal where I was in the fall. Dad's like, nope. You know what? Quitters never win. I was like, yeah, yeah. He goes, all you're doing is being a coward. I said, okay, yep, yep. Show up to the field. I knew I wasn't going to play. Show up to the field. Colt Pickens, my buddy, we partied the night before. I partied. I was there. Colt didn't show up. We got BP at 10 a.m. We play at 1. They had Crabtree, nose being picked, hanging together. He goes, what? Where's Pick? I said, 
Crabby probably probably still in bed. You want the honest truth? I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. He's probably still in bed. I ain't seen him this morning. He goes, "Y'all didn't eat breakfast." I go, "I ate breakfast." He didn't eat breakfast with me. He goes, "You didn't call him?" I said, "Coach, I've called him four times." He goes, "Get in your truck, go get him." I said, "All right." It's him and I were buddies. He kind of he kind of took me under that wing of like, "I want you to be the starting shortstop. Kick it into gear." I want you to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You and I mesh better. You know, that type of deal. Go get him. Yep, sure shit. Smells like a liquor cabinet and been asleep. Throws his clothes on, comes down, comes down to hit, you know, gets dressed, goes out there. I go, you might want to talk to Krabby. I don't I don't think he's going to let you hit. He goes, why? I will hit. He goes out there and Krabby goes, I ain't throwing you BP. And Pitt goes, all right, sounds good. Walks off the field and sits on the bench. Crabby writes the lineup, picks in it. Crabby goes, or Pickens goes up to Crabby and goes, I ain't playing second. You ain't going to let me hit BP? I ain't playing for you. (laughs) This is a returning All-American. Right. Like, big-time ball player. Big time. Crabby goes, okay, you don't like it, leave. Pick left, went back to the dorm. So, I was the third infielder, right? So, I'm starting second base. I go three for three in that game. Pickens comes back, comes back, and he's back in the dugout, you know, kind of calm down, cheering on his team. He's like, you know, I'm not going to be that guy, you know, like I'm, I'm not bigger than the game, you know, because he had that cocky mentality. But once again, it's Juco ball. It's knockdown drag out. It's, right. I'm, I've got to do something in order for me to get to the next level. And if you do it and you play the same position as I am, I'm not going to the next level. Yeah. So, Pickens comes back. Hunter Hansen has like two or three errors or whatever, and it's just a mental head case. Like just striking out, errors, throwing stuff. Krabby goes, Pick, get dressed. Pickens is like, All right, I ain't even thrown today. You know, this is game two. I ain't even thrown. Gets dressed, puts him at second, me at short. Hunter Hansen threw a fit. And one of our bullpen, he went to the bullpen to watch the game instead of the dugout because he didn't want to be in the dugout because he just got pulled because he's been sucking. Bullpen catcher gets on him and says, dude, like, go cheer your team on. Like, seriously, Chase cheers you on every day, and he hasn't played the last seven days, dude, like, or seven games. Like, go cheer, go cheer your team on. And he popped off to him. Well, that dude whooped his ass. Hunter's ass right there in the bullpen right there. So Hunter's pissed off. Hunter leaves. Damn near quits, right? Goes back to the dorms. So, and I have no idea that I'm still playing. Play that game, play the, ne- the next day at practice. Hanson's nowhere to be found, I asked. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, he quit. I'm like, third baseman comes up to me and goes, congratulations, you know, you're our shortstop. You better yeah. buck up if we want to win another national championship. I'm like, aye, aye, Captain. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that was my best year defensively was my freshman year. I had eight errors. Eight errors and I don't even know how many assists. I, I probably over 100 attempts. You know, I don't even, I don't even know. Um, but – Played shortstop for the rest of the year. Went on. We broke the record from the, the winning team that won the national championship, and we lost in the semis or the championship to go to the World Series. Um, we lost 30 to 12. Ooh. We beat them the day before. Yeah. Wind was blowing good, but anyways, they beat us. So then I go home for the summer to play in um, Kelowna, Canada for the Kelowna Falcons for the summer. And the coach is blowing my phone up. I wasn't supposed to leave for two weeks. And 
Uh, I don't know if anybody – it's in the West Coast League, uh, big-time collegiate summer league. Um, get a host family, you know, everything they feed you, you know, put you up, you know, and uh, blowing me up, you know, and the roster gets put out, and there's four middle infielders from Oregon State. Well, obviously, Oregon State at that time, we're talking 2013. Mm-hmm. They're 14 at this point, right? Oregon State's big-time school then. If a middle middle infielder is at Oregon State and I'm at in Tishomingo, Oklahoma at Murray State, guarantee you that Oregon State middle infielder is going to play over me all summer. Right. And I just dealt with something like I was like, no, I'm not doing it, and I'm not doing it away from home. You know, I'm in love with this girl who was my ex-fiance, who we were a month away from a wedding, six eight years later. You know, so in love. Nope, I'm going to stay home. So I stayed home, played in a wood bat league, tore it up, played an all-star team at Kauffman Stadium. Had a great year. Still lifting my ass off. I mean, at this point, I'm 168, 169 pounds. I mean, just not, like, chiseled, but right. just solid. Uh-huh. Um, running a 6'6", 6'7", 60. I mean, moving. Um, led the country in walks my freshman year and sack bunts um, because I my sack bunts were – it was a sack bunt, and then I beat it out for a base hit, so obviously helped your average, the small, small ball. Um, I wasn't super, super fast. It was quick. It was the game of baseball. You knew that pitcher's going to hold, and we did a thing which kids probably do. It's different now, but we did UCLA. So that pitcher would come set, and you do this before you're even on base. You do this when that pitcher's pitching and Johnny's on base, you know, before you hit. You know, is okay, he's at U-C-L-A. Okay, he he goes on L. So he's an L. Hey, pitcher's an L. You get on first base, U-C-L. He's going. So before you're even looking – for foot up. Yes, you might get burned. But you also, if you go and he doesn't lift up, he's either going to balk or you're going to be able to get back. Right. You're going to know because you're, you're, you're still viewing, you know, and the infield's talking and whatever. And so that's how I stole a lot of backs was, I mean, at second, I'd see what pitch. Oh, change up. See ya. I know that's going to be down. Curveball. See ya. Bye. Yeah. I mean, we put a piece of tape on the edge of the dugout that was for ground or dirt ball reads and so on first base where the pitcher was throwing on our dugout we'd put a piece of tape around up out front uh-huh. nobody else knew what it was but it was at the level that if 90 percent of the pitches that were below that piece of tape were in the dirt wow. bye we led the country in stolen bases dirt ball re- i mean extra bases total bases i mean we ran the bases that's pretty smart i'm telling you yeah so it was the other thing, too, is everybody's talking about the sign-stealing thing. You know what the worst thing about the pitches being put on a watch right now? How do you steal the sign? Now it only leaves you one way to steal that sign, on base. So there were catchers that if they hung their fingers low enough, you could see them from the dugout, right? Mm-hmm. I never stole a base, so I stole 84 bags thrown out four times in four years. I never stole a base that I did not peek in to see what pitch was coming from the catcher. Every single one. Unless a lefty was up. And our lefties, the one that would hit after me, obviously we get to know each other. Him and I, I couldn't see the sign. So him and I had a deal that I would take a smaller lead and he'd scoot farther in the box so I could see the sign. So, I mean, you know, you just uh, – yeah. and that's that's what it was, was if I get on first base, I promise I'm going to score. You know, I'm getting myself in position to score, and everybody was that way. I mean, the other thing, too, that people don't understand is taking your leads. You can convey that you've got a shorter lead and you can be the farthest off the bag you've ever been, all on distance with the bag. Right. So I would take my lead, and it can b- burn you, but I would take my lead 
on the inside corner of first base and take two steps in. So I'm on the inside of the baseline. The other thing is, think about a lefty picks off on first move, right? Mm-hmm. They pick off. That first baseman's more than likely going to go to the inside part of the bag. Where am I? Throw that ball through my back. It right. ain't getting through uh-huh. my back. Yep. So that was the other thing. Is First move, it was... <laughs> Throw it over here. Uh-huh. He's either going to hit it off my helmet and it's going to go into the left field and I'm going to go to third. Right. Or you're going to make a dime right over the top of my ear and I'm going to be out. Uh-huh. So, or he's going to pitch and I'm going to be standing on second base. Right. So, anyways, that was uh, – I did not end up going to Kelowna, played in the Wood Bat League, had a good time, um, went back to Murray as a sophomore. Hunter Hansen transferred. So, I'm going back and I know – I oh, so, I failed to mention. So, we get done playing. My drive home, Russell Rayleigh, remember we talked to, he went to Incarnate Ward after he left Texas Tech. My drive home, this is May 17th, 18th, you know, after my freshman year. So after your sophomore year, you can only play Juco two years. He knows I burned my first year of eligibility. Get a call, and it's Russell Rayleigh. Hmm, ironic. Hey, dude, I just took the recruiting coordinator job at University of Arkansas Little Rock. Really? Yeah. You want to be the first guy to sign? I said, well, where's the money? He goes, I want you to be our shortstop. We're only bringing back, they're only bringing back three returners. We're bringing in 22 JUCO transfers. I'll come take a look. Go down and take a look at the school. Yeah, I'll commit. 85% for a shortstop, none of it academic, because I had a 2.9 GPA, I didn't get the 3.0. Right. I would have got in-state if I got the 3.0. 85% as a shortstop, it's unheard of. Right. Unheard of. Anybody that says they have 100%, and if they're listening, call me, send me the documents, please prove me wrong, but you're full of them. Yeah. You don't have a full ride. Uh-huh. You might have 40% academic and 60% athletic, but, but you do not have a full ride athletic. Uh-huh. There's 11.7 or 11.1, 11.7 full ride scholarships to carry X amount of players for a college baseball team. There's no, there's not. Skeens doesn't even have a full ride. So, anyways. Um, so Russell Rayleigh calls me. I said, yeah, I'll come take a look. Okay. Go take a look. The next week I drive down there, you know, go take a look. Um, like it. He sends me the formal document of the money. I'm like, immediately call my Juco coach Crabby. You know, at this point now I've proven to Crabtree that I can play. Right. And Crabtree's now adjusted to, okay, this kid's got a little bit of some off-the-field issues, likes to party, likes to have fun, but I know that if I steer him in the right direction, this kid's going to be a great ball player. And, and is what I feel is what he was saying. He never said that, but I, I could just tell by his demeanor. It was right. text me throughout the summer, how you doing, Waddy, you know, that type of deal. So I call him and tell him, he goes, Chase, I, I'd say wait. You know, I just had a pretty good season my freshman year. I hit 347, you know, 15 stolen bases, load the, led the – Led the country in walks and total bases. Like, I had a good season. He goes, uh, I'd wait to see what you do. Dude, if you played like that your freshman year, dude, your sophomore year, you're, and all you're going to do is get better, and you're going to have the confidence. You're coming back, returning, playing with the kids. You know, yes, there's a lot of new kids we're bringing in, but we're bringing in some studs from some D1s. We had a kid come in that was affiliated that got released, couldn't play the first spring, but the second spring was going to be good, you know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He said, but they might offer it to someone else. You're not the only one they're looking at. Russell Rayleigh is not the only recruiting coordinator. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. So I wait about a week, and Dad and I talk, and he's like, 
if that's what you want to do, I'm telling you, though, you have more leverage. Like I said earlier, he goes, one who loses the negotiation is the one who talks the most. Mm-hmm. And they're talking a lot right now. And they want you to sign because they got – if they had someone else on the fence, they won't say a word. They'd just sign it. Uh-huh. Say, hey, brought in this other shortstop. I still got this money, but now you got to come win the job, not you thinking you got it. Right. Which, by the way, there is nothing anybody – you – any coach will tell you, yep, I plan for you to be – he's not going to call you and say, yeah, hey, man, I plan for you to ride the pine at the end of the bench, but come on into school. You're going to be my guy at the end of the bench. That bench will be the best bench in the country. Like, come sit on it. No coach is going to tell you that. Right. Whether he knows in the back of his head you are or not, uh-huh. they're going to tell you you're going to be their guy, no matter what position. So I end up committing. Go back to Murray, you know, only Division One commit right now on the team. No other sophomores are even committed, and none to Division One. You know, I mean, none of them are even talking to Division One. Other, and some of them were big time players. One's gonna go. Our first baseman who started as a first baseman as a freshman, he's gonna he was gonna get drafted. I mean, the dude just raped. Um, so, anyways, um, go back. You know, I sign in the fall. Our left fielder wants to go to Little Rock. We go to Little Rock. I'm in close contact with the coaches. You know, like all is good. They're sending me swag. I'm on their Instagram page, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's, I'm a preseason All-American as a sophomore, district, first-team All-Conference, Gold Glove pre- preseason nominee, whatever, you know. I mean, the whole nine. I mean, it's like you're on top of the world. And I might have been testing the leash. I might have been testing the leash. But I lived like I was on top of the world. I mean, and I don't – I'm not saying this because I'm proud of it at all because if you ask any kid that I played with – that I cherished and cared about personally, they've, they've received yeah. an apology uh-huh. by the person I was at the time. But I was there to win. I didn't care if you were my cousin, my brother. I was there to win. Yep. And no matter what it took to win. And, um, yeah, so, anyways, go back, pretty hothead, get in some trouble. Go ahead, Conrad, what you got? Well, I mean, you know, now, now you know, going through all that, yeah, and because when you're when you're a kid, you don't really you don't say, "Hey, I, I might want to, you know, check myself." Yeah, I don't know anybody that that you know in in from eighteen to what twenty three, twenty four. I mean, there's some very I, few I, and far between. I never yeah. right. I wasn't going to check myself. I mean, right. And so I told a kid yesterday, he's 22, owns his own business, you know, whatever, which, okay, it's awesome, awesome. I said, you know, riding a Harley, he's got, you know, toys. I said, your mind will change so much from now until 25, you have no freaking clue. No, dude, you're saying I'm not mature, I got two kids. No, dude, no, I'm just saying. Trust me, I was riding wheelies on a street bike at 23 and 24, too. <laughs> And 25, I woke up and I was like, whoa, what happened? You know, yeah, so yeah. that when they say the mind matures or, or what do they say, develops, if it's not fully developed till 25, firm believer. It's true. I'm a firm believer. Yep. So, yeah, going through all that and like, you know, now my sophomore year and I'm there, obviously, we have three captains. We have the captains of the pitchers, we have the captains of the position players, and we have the captains of academics. I wasn't the captain of academics, and I wasn't the captain of position players, or 
pitchers, but I was the captain of the position players. My best friend was the captain of the pitchers, who was one of our studs as a freshman pitcher out of uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, Austin Hagee, who went on to pitch at Stephen F. Austin. Um, he was the captain of the, the pitchers and the captain of study hall, um, yeah, or academics. I don't even really remember his name. But anyways, um, and I was not – well, the reason I say this is I was not leading – by example, to have that C on my jersey. I was not going to class. I was, if I was going to class, I was not following our team rules, whether it was wearing a hat in class, wearing your hat backwards. You know, couldn't wear a hat in class. You had to sit in the front two rows. I wasn't doing that. I know dang good and well at this point. Those coaches are not going to walk through that class and be like, hey, where's our starting shortstop? They don't care where I'm at. As long as I show up to that field at 2 p.m., they don't care. And I knew that. And that was the worst thing for me because I knew that, and you get complacent. Like you were talking about earlier about Savannah, Mm -hmm. like being uncomfortable, you get complacent. So I think that reflected some of my sophomore stats and stuff. I made 26 errors. Didn't play super great defensively. Played very well offensively. And – Stealing bases-wise. I think I set the school record for 24. Um, didn't get thrown out once. Um, actually, I take that back. I did get thrown out once on a hit and run. I stopped in the base path and had some conversations with the guy that missed the sign there was a hit and run. And so, once again, hothead, uh, cocky and confident. I was cocky, but I was good and backed it up. Right. But also, you slide in cleats high, you were taking the ball to the face. It was just that dirt bag. Yeah. mentality. And that's how the game was. And I'm not saying the game's not that anymore. I think there is some of that. Well, I just want to say I appreciate you taking the time today, and we want to have him back. Yes. Because we want to talk about where you're at now because yeah. you had some good stories. Yeah, yeah, no, so I will do a short form real quick, closing okay. it up. Yep. Yep. yep, so I did end up signing and going to Little Rock. Um, things did not pan out at Little Rock. Um, I fell out of love for the game of baseball um, and said I was an hour away from our duck camp in Arkansas and said, you know what? It's right before Thanksgiving, I said, I'm done playing baseball. And quit, went and duck hunted that whole winter. And the same thing as I talked earlier when I said I knew if I didn't play, I'd never play again. Went back home and was like, nah, I'm just going to – my parents wanted me to take this semester off and go to a school and just go to school. You know, I was like, nah, nah. So I ended up going to an NAI and finished up. And I will say, don't look – everyone that's listening, and if you're on the fence of going to play college baseball, don't look at NAI, JUCO, D2, D1. You're all college athletes, and they're all colleges, and it's all hard to do. Yep. All that is, the only cool thing about saying you're going D1 or the only cool thing you're, you're, is, is about it is when you're in high school and you're telling your buddies you just committed. Right. And it's cool for about five seconds. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go play where you want to play and love your life while you do it because when you play that last game, you can't go back. Right. And I had the most fun of my two years playing baseball of my life the last two years of my career really? at that NAI, Podoak School, went to a World Series. I mean, it was awesome. You know, I mean, so take that with a grain of salt. Where, so. where, now, where was this school? So that school is in Kansas City. Okay. So it's actually right down the road from the high school I went to. And the coach who was the head coach at the time, he passed away here recently. But he um, coached me when I was 15. Really? And we ran into each other um, actually playing pool at a bar when I came back home for from Little Rock after I and I didn't know what I was going to do. He goes, hey, I heard you're not going to play. And he goes, my shortstop tore his labrum. I need a shortstop. I said, and money talks and yeah. other stuff walks, you know. Uh-huh. So 
and he put the money there. And so I played at home, and my parents were pissed because you go from this level, and then they're like, oh, now you're at the NAI. I said, you know what? You don't want to come to games? Don't come watch. Like you said, if you love it. Because I'm, I'm not playing for you, Mom. I'm right. not playing for you, Dad. You I'm playing yourself. for myself. Yeah. And that's what kids got to know is do it that's for yourself. Cool. That's cool. Well, thank you for taking time and uh, while you're on your visit here in yeah. Indiana. Yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, before we go, we want to give our sponsors a shout-out. Ted, ain't that right? Yes, sir. We want to. Yeah, yeah, Rookies Inc. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Yeah, Rookies Inc. For all your apparel needs, www.rookiesinc.com or call Steve Horn at 765-536-2726. Jennifer Swanner at Nicholson 2.0. Buying, selling, residential, commercial. What a great realtor, right? Yep. She's been on a roll, too. I'm yep. telling you. Give her a call, 765-661-4821. Mama Pearson's so poorly, and before you leave, if you can... Get you some soap, get you some beard oil. They'll hook you up. You smell yeah. good on. Yeah. <laughs> Backyard builder for all your quality fencing and decking needs. Call Eric Skeens at 765-667-5974. What the best? You got to call the best. That's right. They've got it down to a science. Jonesy's Lawn Care, residential and commercial lawn services. Now providing golf cart maintenance. Call Jeremy Jones at 765-667-5097. Hey, speaking of them. Looks like he might be renovating school buses now. Looks like it. Looks like it. <laughs> Look good. Yeah, yeah. Alt House Auto Body and Towing. Call Scott Watson. Yeah, crash and your car looks like trash. You call, call. Yeah, call Scott Watson at 765-348-2414 and your towing needs. Car won't go and you need a tow. Call Scott Watson at 765-499-1534. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. We'll Thanks, talk Chase. to you later. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. Appreciate it. Bye.